merry-go-round you up today we bless you and we thank you father hallelujah we love you lord thank you father we repent of our sins at this season of of christ his birth resurrection that he loves us so much we love him back we just thank and praise you father the lord asks that you break open the bread of life for your people here today and lord i thank you that we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way, spiritually, mentally, physically. We thank and praise you, Father, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Well, the hidden man of the heart, hallelujah. How many of you know that the hidden man of the heart is your inner man, your inward man? Amen. Hallelujah. The spirit man, people call him the inner man, the spirit man. And the hidden man of the heart. Amen. And he's made in the image of God. Hallelujah. So what better time to talk about him? He's made in the image of God because he's spirit. He's your spirit man. Amen. Praise God. So we are spirit. Everybody that's born again is spirit. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not. And we're made in God's image. Amen. And that's for a purpose. Hallelujah. That's for a purpose. It's so that the fellowship, so that my spirit can fellowship with the spirit of God, your spirit. See, this is how we worship God in spirit and in truth. That's what that means. It means that we're spiritual beings and we worship God in spirit and in truth through our spirit, by our spirit. Amen. You cannot worship God. And this is why a lot of times people don't get what they ask for because they're worshiping God and praying by their flesh. The, the the outer man. You can't reach God with your outer man. That's just like people that say there's more than one way to get to God. Because they try, they try to contact him with their minds. You cannot contact God with your mind. Amen? Because your, your mind is unrenewed. But your spirit man is, is, is saved. When you get born again, guess who gets born again? When you accept salvation, your spirit man. But then there's a, a, a flesh, you know, your body and your soul. Them people ain't saved. Not yet. And this is why we have to renew our minds in the Word. Now, when you renew your mind, then your body and your, your soul, your spirit, mind, and body, your spirit is saved, but your mind and all that, that gets saved. It catches up with your spirit man. Amen. So I think we need to understand these things so that we can hit the target better. You can't do it if you're operating out of your flesh. Yeah, we're going back to that. Amen. (laughs) So this fellowship is not in a man's body or soul, but this fellowship is achieved by God's interacting with man's spirit. And that's what we said. Man is a spirit like God, but man has a soul. And that's the mind, will, and emotions. But man lives in a body. So our problem, our whole problem, is to get this body to obey what the spirit wants to do. And it's a struggle. Amen? But we can do it. Because God's already made a, a way for our, our body and our, our mind, which is mind, will, and emotions. He's already made a way for them to get saved too and do the right thing. Amen? The word of God. It's the only thing 
that can save your emotions, your mind, will, and emotions. Amen? Because your spirit man's already saved when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Shake. If that is that making sense, let's go to First Thessalonians. And let's get some more clarity on what the Word of God is saying to us today. And in this way, you can receive more. You can expect more from God. Receive more. If you don't know who to receive it from, what are we doing? Amen. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5. First Thessalonians 5. Hallelujah. Verse 23. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. See, we're partially because your spirit, but you got you got a, a, the mind, will, and emotions. That's your part. Of, it makes up your soul. You got to get them over into the, the spirit realm where they obey God. Are y'all here? Amen. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a fight. This is what we try to do. We try not to cuss people out. We try not to fight. We try not to, you know, all of that stuff. That's bringing all of your mind, will, and emotions into captivity. Amen. And that's the fight. But you know what? If we do Proverbs 4.20, my son, attend to my word. Let these words, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. See, it's a heart thing. These, the word of God must penetrate your heart. And when it penetrates your heart, then the whole, the whole thing, the mind, will, and the emotions, then they change. And they fall under subjection of the Holy Ghost. And then you have more, you have uh, more cooperation with God, more of a yearning and a seeking after God. Y'all see why we don't do it? And we have uh, more, um, how can I put it? You hunger and thirst more for righteousness. You follow after righteousness and not after the things of the world. But it's, there's a thing called your soul that has to be brought over to where your spirit man is. Are y'all here? Amen. So let's see. Do I need to go? So that's all I'm going to read from from there. But as you feed yourself spiritually on the word, your inner man or your spirit man, and your knowledge and understanding of the spirit realm will grow. That's how you have knowledge and understanding by feeding on the word. Guess what? There's no other way. There's no other way to bring your mind, will, and and emotions in line with the word. And this is why people struggle so much, and they just say, forget it. And then they say, well, this is impossible. Nobody, everybody sins, and everybody did. Yeah, we do, but you know, when you do, you repent. But see, if you're stuck in a place where your mind, will, and emotions are unrenewed, or in other words, if you're living out of that old nature. See, that's why we live out of our old nature. It's because we don't renew our minds in the Word of God. Your mind must be renewed in the Word of God if you're going to live for Him. Amen. Hallelujah. So your inner man or your spirit man, when you feed on the Word, is gaining knowledge and understanding. That's how it grows. And then you grow in the realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. You will start to worship God. In your spirit, 
and not your flesh. You know, like, I like that song. Ooh, that's my, got the right beat to it. I love it. See, that's worshiping out of your flesh. I mean, it's a good start. Don't get me wrong. Better than listening to rap. But see, when we worship, out, y'all understand how you can worship out your flesh? Amen. You can worship out of your flesh. But see, when you start to feed on the word of God and get your mind, will, and emotions under wraps, then you'll start to, to worship God in spirit. And that's what that scripture means, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Because your flesh will just fade out of the picture. And then before you know it, when you're worshiping God, you don't know who's around you. You're not putting on a show because plenty of people put on a show. And then they start having these quickenings. (laughs) And see, that's because they're they're worshiping God out of their flesh. Y'all see how that can happen? You worship out. But when you worship out of your spirit, man, you may just, we'll just open the door for you and let you just go on out. Because you might take off. Amen. When you worship in your spirit, I'm telling you, uh, those uh, meetings that they used to have back in the day. They worshiped in their spirit, and they just would run all over. The, now, don't y'all get no funny ideas. I, I can feel you not. That's what I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to trip you. <laughs> if it's, if it's, but, you know, you, you do it from your spirit, and, you know, you just forget about time and space. And that's why we talked about people uh, yesterday or last week talking about uh, going into trances. And doing things, that's because they, they lost time. They weren't connected to time. They were connected to the Spirit of God. Amen? Those people in Acts 2, in the upper room, you know, they, you know, they were in the spirit realm till cloves of fire was, you could see it from the outside of the, the house. And it's because they were so on one accord and so attached to the spirit realm, that actual fire could be seen from the building. And it's because the mind, will, and emotions were under subjection of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they were able to worship God. And I believe we need this, especially in this season, so that we can connect to God and really understand that Jesus is the reason for this season instead of doing it on a fleshly basis. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That we can do it and worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Where even if you, you start in your flesh. I mean, at least it's a start. And then something you can click. You ever clicked over to the spirit realm and you say, wow, this is real. You know? And it's because the spirit, your spirit man is so charged with the power of God that it took over your members. And you forgot who you were. And then you got scared. I better not do that anymore. But I'm telling you, that's the, that's the power of God. And I'm telling you, the power of God does not show up in your flesh. It shows up in the spirit and in the spirit realm. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews 4. It's good when you are able to shut down your flesh and allow your spirit to go free. Sometimes if the atmosphere is not right, it can hinder if people are not on one accord. If there's strife in the atmosphere, you can't get there. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why we want to keep our atmosphere conducive to the power of the Holy Spirit. All times at all times. Hallelujah. So you will worship God in your spirit and not your flesh. Hallelujah. 
Your spirit and soul are not the same thing. And people think it's the same thing. Your spirit and your soul are not the same thing. And the word of God defines the difference between the two, the spirit and the soul. So let's read verse 12. Hebrews 4. Did I return to the right thing? Yeah, verse 12. And it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. The word of God, that word powerful means it's active and alive and effective and energizing And it will discern your thoughts from your intents. And see, this is why you can, you can say and know that people know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? They're either in the spirit or they're in the flesh, but you're always conscious because the Holy Spirit will, will sear that false thing and separate that false thing from the real thing and allow you to worship God in the spirit freely. Amen. And usually when you worship God freely in the spirit, there's some type of results that you'll get. You know, like a manifestation of a healing or, you know, something will happen in the spirit realm to let you know that God is truly here. And that these people are truly uh, feeling the power of God and the spirit is here. Amen. And we can't take advantage of that. When you're in the flesh, it, it, you, you water it down. You water down that power of God. Amen. So it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So with your spirit, you fellowship with the spirit realm. Amen. With your soul, you relate to the to the intellectual or the emotional realm and see sometimes people don't know the difference between the two because they're they're not spiritual people and so they'll think oh did you see i i I felt god tonight and and you really do think you felt him but it was emotionalism so you got to know the difference between the two amen but one way you can be sure the difference between emotionalism and and the the outward man being involved in your worship and in the spiritual part or the spirit man is that have you been you've been feeding your spirit if you've been feeding your spirit on the word of god then pretty much you're you come out of that fleshly realm that we all live in and you go over into the spirit but if it's not, if you're not a worshiper of God on a regular, continual basis, and if you're not in the Word of God, then pretty much it's the emotional realm or the intellectual realm where you know how this go. Think about it. I know how this is supposed to work. See, I'm from a Baptist church in my early first Catholic, then Baptist, and everything was on a timer. And we used to say, where's Sister So-and-so? It's time. And then here she would come up. And so, you know, help me lift Jesus. And every single time you can look at the clock and you say it's time for her. Because people are so emotional and intellectual. And they think they have this thing figured out. 
They think they have the spirit realm figured out, but they really don't. Amen. So with your body, you react to the physical realm. You're reacting to the physical realm when you get in the flesh. And it feels real, don't it? Y'all know y'all know y'all have done this before. Help me lift you. Help me lift it. And you you respond to your uh, to emotionalism, and you ex- respond to the flesh because you think it's all one. Because it feels like, see, we're going by feeling. But the just shall live by faith. Amen. And so the, the spirit realm is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not emotionalism. But it's pure worship and pure uh, honor to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you get born again, your spirit born, your spirit gets saved. I said that. But your soul and body are not. Your mind or soul needs to be renewed. And it's only renewed in the word of God. It's the only way you can truly. And think about this. This is the only way you can truly know God. See, that's where we're going with this. You can't know God in your flesh. Many people think they do. But you cannot know him. And that's why you hear awkward things that people say, God told me to go to wherever. To the Himalayas and start a fire up there with the, you know, and, and pray. And you hear these weird things because they've heard from a familiar spirit because they know how this thing works. Amen. Amen. It's called inter- intellectualism. They got the gospel figured out. Y'all hear? Amen. I ain't talking to any. I'm just trying to get it straight so you can get the most out of this season that you can. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to let the the body. And see, your body and your flesh can react to spiritual things because mine did that for years and years and years. And it was a long time before I knew that was religion. Y'all understand? I thought I had, I was clued in. And I thought I had a good understanding, which was um, intellectualism. And I thought it was a clear understanding of who God was and how his spirit works and how the anointing works. And it was nothing, I mean, some stuff was accurate, but most stuff wasn't. And it was because I knew him by my flesh. I didn't know him by the spirit. Amen. So let's go to Romans 12. Hallelujah. We, we went over this yesterday, so let's just do it again. And it talks about renewing your mind. See, your renewing your mind has a lot to do with how you worship. Amen. In fact, you can't worship properly unless you renew your mind in the Word of God. Oops. Romans 12. Hallelujah. Verse 2, and it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Let's see. And do not be conformed. That means a part of. Don't be conformed to the world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word of God is telling us right now, you can't, um, you can't not deny the world into your life 
unless your mind has been conformed. I mean, unless your mind has been renewed. You will conform if your mind is not renewed in the word of God. In other words, you're going to change and start. This is how it's done. Oh, well, it ain't so bad. That dress ain't too short. I mean, because it's only like one inch above the knee. That's okay. Because I've done that. It's okay. And so you start making excuses, and then after that excuse, a bigger excuse. Then another excuse. And before you know it, you've conformed. Now, why do we conform? Because there's pressure. There's pressure on us to, by people and by the world, to say it's okay because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Amen. That didn't go over well, but y'all know it's true. Y'all know it's true. And I'm not picking at anybody. It's just that way. Amen. And so we have to, we have to say, well, you know, I, I just don't, I don't really pay people a whole lot of attention what they wear. But I said I was going to start. I'm going working on it. It's just a habit that I have to not watch. But, I, uh, you know, I don't mean anything personal about it. I just don't notice. But I'm going, I'm trying to notice more. Because people need guidance because there's people that don't know that's the world. They don't know that that's the power of the world. And they're conforming, saying it's okay. But I'm just using that as an example. But pretty soon it'll be something else. And then, you know, they're living together. And then they're this and they're that. Amen. Hey, and I, I have to deal with that too. And it's just wrong. And so you can't conform. Amen. But you know, uh, you, you set an example by how you live. So if you live right, people pick it up that's around you. That's just me. You say something if you have to. But, you know, you know a, a man is, is, is impressed uh, by the chase conversation of his wife. And that brings him in if he's not in the fold it's it's how you live your life that is the biggest witness of any you know that goes further to me than hurting somebody's feelings although some feelings need to be hurt just be led by the spirit sometimes you need to say something and sometimes it'll slip past you because you can't watch everybody and that's not our job that's the job of the holy spirit but y'all know what i'm trying to say you know, it comes in like that, very subtle, the world. And then before you know it, you're saying or abortion is okay. And all these other things are okay, which they're not. And then you wind up voting for somebody that's pro-abortion. And then God is holding you accountable. Amen. So we need to know these things and how it gets started. Amen. Because did you know that the blood of unborn babies is what keeps the devil, gives them him power? He feeds. See, everything, everything in this life has to have a sacrifice. Now, Jesus was our sacrifice, and his blood is pure, and it was powerful. So don't you know the devil got to have blood, too? That's how he gets his blood. See, people don't know that. They think, you know, you're just trying to control people, and you're mean, and... Sometimes people are raped, and then we know God knows all that stuff, and he knows how to, how to separate that stuff. It's not for us, but we have to take a stand. You're either against or for. 
And so that's where the Christian comes in. You got to be for or against. Amen. And so the devil gets his power from blood. Blood from, from aborted children. And see, the devil don't want you to go in there and find that out. Because if you find that out, you're not going to vote for people that uphold abortion. And then the devil can't do what he does. That's how he takes cities like Chicago. And he gets everybody killing. They're still killing one another. Not as bad as they they did last year. But they're still murdering one another. And it's just have so many gangs in that place. You can't walk down the street. used to be at night, but in the daytime, it's just bad. And how did it get like that from blood? The devil wants blood. And that's why people murder one another, because he has to have blood. And so what we have to do is make sure as Christians we're electing the right people. We're doing the right thing. Amen. We're praying the right prayers. See, we have the power to take a city, take a a nation. Amen. Because God has given us that power. And we have to execute this power in the right way. And so it's up to us. To do our homework and find out what's really going on with this abortion. It's not that we're trying to tell women they can't. It's like this. I I can do what I want to do with my own body. Yes, you can. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't care. But when it comes to abortion, I have to take a stand. Because you are feeding Satan and giving him power to have people shooting one another in Chicago. That's how that starts. That's how it, it starts with. And he gets his power from that. Hallelujah. Just like Jesus gave, gave his blood. Then this is the same, same thing. He needs blood. Everything that the, the Bible, everything Jesus did, the devil has a counterfeit. He's a counterfeit person. He's not real. And so he has a counterfeit for everything that God has. Amen. So you might as well get used to it. But see, if you're in the flesh, that's why we're talking about spirit versus flesh. Your flesh, you got to know the difference between your flesh and your spirit realm. Your inward man versus your outward man. You have to know the difference. Because if you don't, then you don't renew your mind and you don't know the difference between what's going on. Everything will seem the same, you know, that's going on in the world. And you won't know about the importance of abortion. And this, that's just one thing. Just It's so many things. And it's, you know, you have to know the difference. And so this is why we preach what we do. Amen. Let's go to First Peter 2. This is why we preach what we do. Hallelujah. First Peter two. The hearing of God's word and obeying it brings your mind, will, and emotions into wholeness. So if you want to know how to be whole and you don't have to deal with temptation, it's not like a noose on your back. You know, you don't uh, have to worry about saying the wrong thing to people and jumping in the flesh, you know, and getting excited and getting and being too far into emotionalism. If you want to know what to do is to, to bring your mind, will, and emotions into wholeness is the hearing of the Word of God. Amen. And I notice sometimes we can listen, 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 and do other things, 
I used to do that too. But now, you know, the Lord is impressing me in latter years how you got to turn everything off and just get with me. Have me time. Me and God time. Because that other stuff is a split uh, a focus. Your focus is split. And so and that's what the devil wants. Now, I don't mind listening to my word while I have chores to do a thing. That's a plus. But I'm talking about when it's study time, you need to hear the word. Or when you're driving, put that word in. Because that helps renew your mind. And, and your, your, amen, and your ideas change. See, wrong actions comes through, um, wrong actions come through uh, wrong, a wrong attitude. When your attitude is wrong, if you're, it's like this, your attitude towards a certain thing, like we were talking about, abortion and stuff, that's not so bad. We conform to the world. So what the Word of God does is changes your attitude. See, people think, they get convicted, and they think, oh, well, I'm a bad person. You're not a bad person. All the Word of God wants to do is change your attitude. See, a lot of people think the word just want to. I'm not gonna be myself. I want to change. Just change your attitude. Amen. You know, when your attitude change, your attitude is your ideas. It's how you think and how you look towards a certain thing. And all God is trying to do is change how we think toward a certain situation or a certain thing. And so when you renew your mind in the word of God, it changes your attitude. When your attitude changes, you're good to go. Because you're going to think about this and you weigh the situation and say, that don't think, that ain't right, you know. It don't weigh out anymore. It don't weigh out. And that's all God wants to do is change our attitude. He's not changing, trying to change who you are because he made you exactly who you are. And he, he loves you just the way you are. Amen. But see, sometimes we get the wrong idea when we hear the word. And we, it's like, oh boy, here we go. But what God is really trying to do is give you another um, option. I'm just going to say it like that on how to think towards a certain situation or a certain thing. And so that's all he's trying to do is get you to change your opinion or maybe change your attitude about something. So 1 Peter 2, verse 2, says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, as a newborn babe. You know, babies rather have breast milk than formula any day. That's the, that's the top preferred. They can't say it, but it is. It's, it's proven because they grow bigger, grow faster, you know, less diseases, less sniffles, less cold and flu. So it's just like that, the, the Bible is saying, as a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen. And if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. And so try it. In other words, try it God's way for a minute. And then see how you feel after you try it his way. But desire the pure milk of the word. You don't want any watered down. You know, formula is not good if it's got a whole lot of water in it. It changes the dynamic of what's in that bottle. <laughs> And so you need the pure milk of the word, nothing watered down. But yet still, people flock into watered down churches because they don't like that that feeling that they get when they hear truth. 
But let me tell you what that's from. That's because we, uh, our, our inner man, our flesh man is receiving that word instead of the inner man. Because the inner man is a wee little guy. Because you've got to feed it the word so it will grow. See, because you still have to feed your inner man, although he's saved, he's born again. You've got to feed him. And so sometimes you can receive things in your flesh. They don't sound right. They sound like somebody's picking or somebody's, and you don't receive it because you're receiving it in your flesh. You don't see, receive it in your, your spirit. I'm trying to fix it right. You don't receive it in your spirit because you're receiving the word that's been given in your flesh. Does that make sense? And when you receive things in your flesh, it don't go well. It don't go over well. It don't go over well with me. It just don't. So I had to learn to receive things in my spirit and allow my spirit to, to grow and to be free to think for me. Amen. Hallelujah. But we must uh, make sure that we adorn the hidden man of the heart so that we always bear fruit. So you must adorn that hidden man. Your inner man has to be adorned. Amen? Amen. Because he's made in the image of God. And, but we have that spirit and that soul, the mind, will, and emotions to worry about. And that's who is trying to receive your word for you. The mind, will, and emotion is trying to make your decisions for you and say, that meant this. That meant that was that right there. And what does the mind, will, and emotion know? Nothing. Don't know nothing because it's not trained. Amen. Thank you. It don't know. But see, the mind, will, and emotions start to become your discerner. And that's not right. That's backwards. The, the spirit man is the discerner. Because he's the one that has the word of God in it. And that word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's, it's sharper and it discerns uh, flesh from spirit. And that's the one that helps you and tells you, no, it didn't mean that. It means this right here. Amen. But see, as long as, as we are not developing our spirit and feeding it the word on a continual basis, your flesh is going to make decisions for you and it's going to discern what's been preached. It's just the way it is. It's like that with everybody. It just is. And see that sometimes we don't want to fall into, if we receive that word, this is the other part. If we receive that word that messes us up, you know, and then our flesh get a hold of it and, and interpret it for us. We we fall into uh, now. I forgot what I was going to say. We fall into um, what's that word? Con- yeah, thank you. Condemnation. And see, that's the other that's the other flip side of this. You're either going to push it off and say, "Did you hear that? Who you know." Or you're going to receive it in your flesh and then condemnation comes up and then you still feel bad. And see, the devil's working. He's working. That's how he does you. Then you feel bad a hundred days. But see, that's not what your spirit man does. Your spirit man simply repeats to you what the word of God says and makes it okay with you. He, and he takes that condemnation and he kicks it out because God does not want you condemned for anything. Amen. 
Because, see, you can't be condemned and justified at the same time. Amen. See, we've been justified. Hallelujah. We've been said that we're okay. We've been made righteous. Not that we are righteous, but we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. And so we have to trust in what that blood is telling us. We have to trust in what your, 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 that inner man is saying. He's saying, peace be still. You are okay with God. God is not mad at you. Amen. God is not trying to force you to do anything. He is not coming after you. He loves you. Amen. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. This is what your inward man, the the hidden man of the heart, this is what he tells you. He don't tell you that other stuff. But see, you get that condemnation comes from you allowing your, your flesh man to be the discerner. When we just read that the word of God is quick and mighty and powerful than any two-edged sword. And that, that word is a discerner. And it cuts the marrow. It goes to the marrow and cuts and divides flesh from spirit. And it's supposed to divide flesh from spirit and then tell you, you in the flesh, that's your flesh. Don't pay attention to that. That's your flesh telling you that. That's your, see, this is what happened. Y'all here? Make sense? And that's what happened. And see, God doesn't want us to be full of condemnation. He wants us to trust him. And if we make mistakes, and we're going to do, look, we're going to make mistakes. Sometimes every day. But I bet you one thing, you make fewer today than you did yesterday. Amen. This is an ever-increasing kingdom. We increase as the kingdom increases. Amen. And so we make less mistakes because we're exposed to truth more. And so you don't ever have to be afraid of feeling condemned. When you catch yourself feeling that condemnation, see, condemnation always puts something off on somebody else and tell you 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 cool and they're bad. See, condemnation is a bad thing because let me tell you what it does. It attacks other people and then it will turn around and attack you because it's attacking you when it tells you that it's what the word is not meaning. I mean, the word doesn't mean what it says and it's telling you a different thing. And so it's good to let your spirit man, that hidden man of the heart, that inward man, it's good to let him make the decisions for you. Amen. And you can't do it if you're not feeding him. Listen to a a tape on the way home. You know, a gospel. You know, somebody not that religious. Do you know you have to watch what you listen to Christian? All Christian music ain't good for you. It ain't good for me. Sorry. Because I just can't stand these people screaming and hollering in the thing and talking about going up one side of the mountain. What's that mountain? The rough side. I don't go up rough sides of the mountain. I don't do that no more. I did that when I was a Baptist. On the mountain. Um, I'm not going there with you. Mm-mm. I don't do that no more. No mountain is rough. Amen. Because I speak to my mountains. <laughs> I speak to them. Amen. If anybody, Mark 11:23. if anybody say to this mountain, be thou moved and cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart. You can have whatsoever you say. That's the kind of mountains I face. Amen. And that word of God crumbles those mountains. 
So you got to be plugged in. This is why God wants somebody to teach these things that take time because it, it's, it's, you can, people can yak at you and yak. How many of y'all, by show of hands, get sick of that yakking? Yak. I get tired of that yakking. Don't yak at me. I'm just sorry. But teach me truth so that it can help me. Amen. So I won't do these things anymore. Or if I do, I know exactly what it is and I don't fall under condemnation and then feel bad for six days. Amen. Don't want to eat, don't want to cook, don't want to clean, don't want to do none of that because it's on your mind. And so there's a way you don't fall under condemnation. And it's to allow your inner man to lead your life, to breathe. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes you will miss it. We all going to miss it sometime, but you still have to allow that inner man a chance to live. And you, so you got to feed it. You can't feed it. Uh, what's that girl? Uh, Jazz, Jazz, Jay Z, and what's her? Name? You can't feed it Beyonce and Jay Z, but you have to feed it the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And everybody's music is not anointed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so did we do number four? Verse three in First Peter three. Did we go there? Oh, we were in two two. Okay, so let's go to 1 Peter 3, 3. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have to make sure we adorn the hidden man of the heart. Well, why wouldn't we? He's the man that's got all the power. He's the one that knows everything. He's the one that's keeping you out of trouble. He's the one that when you're on a road, something say, don't go down there, go this way. Don't turn down that way. Go this way he told me to avoid an accident. Pull over to the right. Here comes some morons going to hit you. The, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. But if he's not fed and strong, he can't talk. Amen. Well, I put it like this. He talks, but you can't hear. Let me fix that. That's Because that's the right thing. Amen. First Peter 3, 3. Hallelujah. And it says, do not let your adornment, well, let's go back up to one, because I like, I, this is an analogy so you can understand the scripture. And it says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband. It says, your own husband. You don't have one. <laughs> I, always, I would always pull that one all the time. Your own husband. Amen. If you don't have one, get one. It says, <laughs> That even if they're, he's coming. See, God just told me they're coming. So he just got me. And I'm telling you, he just got me and said they're coming. Amen. You ain't going to hear that one everywhere. But he did. He told me they, they're coming. Amen. Hallelujah. So wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband. That even if some do not obey the word. Are y'all here? It says, even if some do not obey the word. And these are the men that's sitting on the fence. They, <laughs> they without a word, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Amen. Hallelujah. When they observe your chaste conduct, amen, and that word chaste means humble. Amen. For all you chicks that like to boss the man around, this not going to work for you. 
Because you have to, you have to be humble and submissive. Got to do all that stuff. Hallelujah. Chase conduct accompanied by fear. Now that fear, well that's, this is verse 2. I skipped over that first. And that's, uh, that word fear, it means, it just means adornment. Kind of like the fear that you have for God. Not fear that you, you the boogeyman because you ain't. Amen. So, but, you know. And, and that, that meaning right there, fear also means to be esteemed, to be esteemed higher, and to adore. Amen. That's why women are submissive for no other reason. Amen. To be submissive and to adore you, to esteem you higher. Amen. So uh, it says conduct, accompanied by conduct, well by fear. But that's what that word fear means. Verse 3 says, And do not let your adornment be merely outward, ladies. Arranging the hair. I look good. I don't have to do nothing right. (laughs) Wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Now, let's get something straight right now. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you have to clean your body, comb your hair. And do. the Bible is not saying don't do them things. Because, see, you got these people that's going to take things literally. Amen. And so God doesn't mean literally don't put on makeup, don't put on jewelry, don't arrange your hair. It's not saying that. It's just, let me read it again. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. It's saying when you put on this pretty face, it says, have a pretty face on the inside. Be pretty on the inside. That's what it's saying. So let me finish reading. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. Are y'all there? The hidden man of the spirit. Hallelujah. The hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's incorruptible. Amen. That's incorruptible beauty. A, a quiet and spirit, a quiet and gentle spirit is an incorruptible beauty. It's a beauty that cannot be bought from the store. You can't buy that from the store. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, rather, in verse 4, rather let it be the hidden, I read that, of the heart. Which is, well, maybe somebody need to hear it again. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So God will, in other words, you catch more fish with fish, with honey, or people with honey, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Whatever that is, that's what it, do, it will do. In other words, develop your inward man. Instead of learning, see, that's, that goes back, that's the person that says, I know how this is done. Let me show you how this is done. I'm going to train him. Uh-huh. And so you have to allow the inward man, the, inwards, the inward man, which is incorruptible, let that beauty shine. Feed him. Feed that person. And you won't have to have, ever have to worry about anything with your husband. Because if he get out of line, he's going to conviction. Not condemnation, but conviction. 
is going to hit him. Amen. And so they they fall in line right good. I know when we started this ministry, it started right in my house. And there's so many women, we went into the basement. And my husband was tiptoeing when he came in that house. What? Well, you, you, were, you, were with, you were with child, but or almost with child. But you were there. Wasn't he going like... <laughs> trying to get his dinner he would go to that kitchen and we could see his feet because we were in the basement and he's going and then you hear the steps creaking he's going upstairs eat his dinner upstairs didn't he he did that amen because he didn't want to disturb god's world amen so you just have to you know if you and they see god all over you they'll respect god my husband he still respects god to this day even though he was on drugs he still respected god he stayed out of god's way amen and so you have to do what the word of god tells you to do you just have to feed your spirit keep feeding your spirit and that's what you do and then uh, your whole household will be saved they will get saved they will follow you not with your But they will get saved with your chaste attitude, with your love for God. That will convince them. Everybody's house, everybody's um, relatives should know that they serve God and your neighbors. Amen. They should know. I've never, I've never ministered to anybody on my street about God. But you know what? When they get sick, they come to my house and get saved. I mean, get, and get healed. They get healed. Now, I have Jewish people next door to me that has gotten healed. And I don't think that they're saved. I don't think, I know they don't know God the way I know Him. But they get their healings because they know that they're praying. They have a prayer manual and they pray out of it. And the, the man had a heart attack 18 years ago and he still, he, he can get out there and do more than me in the yard. And sometimes I look at him and I say, what are you doing out there? <laughs> Why is he out there doing that? And I'm too tired, you know. And so, you know, they they know who I am. And they come and they, and the, the man two doors down, Tina's husband, you know, got healed. He had a kidney transplant. He His kidney went out. His mother had just died of kidney failure. And I think he picked that spirit up from the church they were going to. And then he developed kidney problems and and so anyway, long story short, it took two or three years, but he got a healing. Amen. And now he's out there. Raymond had to cut his grass for two straight years because he couldn't do anything on his own. Now he's over there cutting his grass, riding on this thing. I'm like, what is he doing over there? But, you know, they receive because they know who you are. Amen. They're supposed to know who you are. And that's how it works. And I've never went over there trying to, you know, tell them about themselves. or uh, It don't work like that. Some, some of these rough riders you have to do that too. But I believe God has to lead you and guide you into doing that. But people pick up on God because they see Christ in you. Amen. And when they see Christ in you, then it catches them. And they want to know more about that God that you serve. And, it, and it's catching, it's contagious. Amen. The love of God is contagious, period. Amen. And so you don't have to force, force this thing. This ain't a forced thing. Amen. This is a God thing, and God already has the plans 
already he's already made a way for your family's salvation he's already done it's already done all you have to do is do your part you know don't be going back and forth be transformed by renewing your mind and knowing where you are and where you stand and just take a stand and don't move and when they see you take a stand and don't move they they get they get tired of waiting on you to crumble and they'll join you. Well, you know, anything you need, you know, that kind of thing. And so you have to take a stand with God. And it doesn't mean that you have to come against anybody. Because the only person you're coming against is the evil one. God's enemy is your enemy. And that's the only enemy that we have. We, don't, we are not each other's enemies. Amen. We just are not. You know, when that happens, we need to all go back and repent. And repentance is a beautiful thing. Amen. But I just want to do four again. Rather let the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Hallelujah. I'm just going to read five and six. It says, for in this manner... In former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham. And see right there, it's telling you, so don't be having yourself looking all raggedy. Because Sarah was cute. Wasn't she cute? And he said, you're not my wife. Say you my sister because you're cute. And so it says, like Sarah obeyed Abraham, and she still called him Lord. Whose daughter you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Amen. And so, you know, but, oh, let me just go into seven. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. (laughs) Giving honor to your wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. And what that's saying is if you're not being sweet to your wife and loving, then your prayers don't get answered. Now, ain't that deep. And so it's a two-way thing. Amen. It's a two-way thing. But, you know, you always have to um, make sure that Jesus is Lord in your house. And he's Lord. Forget about the house. In your heart. In your heart. That house. Your house, your, 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 your being. You don't have to worry about this other stuff. Just, just make sure that he's Lord of your, your inward man. You're feeding your inward man. And the rest will take place. Can, of course, keep praying. Don't quit praying. You know, the Bible says we are to pray and not cease. Keep praying. Keep praying in the spirit. Pray it all kinds. It takes all kinds of prayer. That's the word. Doesn't it say that? Keep praying in the spirit. Amen. Pray in, in, in all kinds of prayer. And keep doing that. And God has your back. I, that I can tell you. So in other words, all believers should put on the inner beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. And walk in love. That also means walking in love. And when you walk in love, you walk in the spirit. Amen. It is precious to God for believers to live a life of faith. Faith, love, and peace. We look at things that are unseen 
things that are eternal. Now, unseen things are eternal. The thing, okay, if you grab a word from God, a word of God, and you're praying that it come to pass and you don't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's in the unseen realm. So things that are unseen are eternal. So if something is eternal, then it's coming by way of the spirit and spiritual things you can't see sometimes. You just have to know that they're there. And when you know they're there, it, it materializes. So don't lose hope. That's what, Don't lose hope. Amen. Hallelujah. Spiritual. Because we're spiritual beings. Why? I, I just believe somebody said, I wonder why God put things in the spirit realm. Because we're spiritual beings. That it, our inward man, the inner man of the heart, he's of the spirit, remember? We're spirit beings. God is a spirit. And this is how we communicate with God, by the spirit. And so these things of the, in the natural, you have to just know that it's coming, know that it's there, keep it alive in your heart. See, the reasons, most of the time we give up and quit because we don't see it. Two years, three years, four years, we don't see it. It's not coming. But see, you're supposed to see it already. You're supposed to already be looking at it. Amen. See, you have to think like God thinks. See what God sees. See, this is foolishness to religion. You know that scripture that says it's foolishness to the, those religious people? And that's why Jesus talked to them in parables because they, they thought that the, the words that he spoke was foolish. It's because they had no discernment. Because they didn't see, they, they thought everything was natural. They didn't know that some things that you pray for are in the spirit. Everything's already done. It's in the spirit realm. Amen. And you're supposed to see it. And when you start seeing it and acknowledging it like God does, you'll have it. Amen. If anybody say to this mountain, say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart. If you have doubt in your heart, then that will hold up the process. But let me tell you something about the hidden man of the heart. And this is going to make you feel better about doubt. Because we all doubt from some time uh, at, at some point or another. Do you know that the hidden man of the heart can receive? Because you know it's in the spirit realm. It receives from God. It hears the word and it grabs the word. So the hidden man of the heart can receive your healing or receive your blessing. Or receive whatever it is that God has said is yours. And you know you can believe that? Why? Because he's the hidden man of your heart. See, there's such thing as your heart can receive things and believe it. But your flesh will talk you out of it and say that can't be. But God knows that the hidden man of the heart is the one that's in control. So do you know he can receive a healing and you can still have them symptoms, but you're healed because the hidden man of the heart received it. Isn't that great? See, that hidden man can receive everything you need. The hidden man of the heart receives it. Does that make sense to you? Because he's the spirit man. He's the one that when you listen to CDs and read your Bible, he's getting bigger and stronger. Amen. So when you need a healing, he receives it. Even though you still have the symptoms, you're healed. Already by his stripes, you were healed. So he's received your healing and you still walking around because your back hurt. 
but you know you're healed because the hidden man in the heart has received it. Amen. And so you know it's just a matter of time before those symptoms wear off because it's just a symptom. And because you have symptoms does not mean you have the disease. It's just a symptom. Because the hidden man of the heart has received it with gladness. And it's foolishness to the religious. That's why they don't get healed much. Because foolishness. That don't make sense. You just receive. Just receive it. I used to get so angry at those women, the glow women, because they were more mature than we were. And I don't care what you told them. They said, oh, honey, just receive. And I want to say, because <laughs> I couldn't just, re- you know, because I, I didn't know. But it, I'm telling you, it's as simple as that. Just receive it. Amen. Just receive it. Because you're, you're the hidden man of the heart knows truth, knows the word. He's in the spirit realm where your stuff is and he's looking right at it. He says, oh, there it is right there. So I'm going to hold it here for her and I'm going to keep talking to her and dealing with her until she see the light. And then it materializes. I hate to put it like that, but that's how it is. So you're the hidden man of the heart is the one that receives things before you do. Because he sees it. He has spiritual eyes. And he sees it. Before it comes to pass. He takes it and he grabs your healing. Yeah, he can hold on to your healing. It's yours, hallelujah. Even though you still feeling not good. You still feel the symptoms. Those are just symptoms. Those are just symptoms. You are, that's why the Bible says by Jesus stripes you are healed or you were healed. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sorrows. That's why it says that. Because the hidden man in the heart has already received it for you. He's in the spirit realm. And he can't be fooled. Because don't forget, he's a discerner of truth. And so he knows when God has blessed you with something. Amen. And he'll change you. Keep, you keep feeding him and then he'll find another way to get through to you. He'll find another way to talk to you. And he'll give you an idea. And the Holy Spirit will say, well, don't you remember? And he'll give you something. And you'll say, you know what? I'm healed. I know what it is. I'm healed. You know, you get the revelation. It comes. But the hidden man of the heart can receive something that you don't have yet. And that's the way it, it works. Amen. So God is looking at the heart of people. He does not look at your outer. He doesn't look at these formulas. He doesn't look at uh, what's proper or I'll say what's properly said. He looks at your heart. Amen. He's seeking those who by faith look to him as their source. By faith. Let's go to Romans 10. I'm almost finished. Romans 10. Verse 11. And it's no shame in trusting God. Now let me tell you why this scripture is in the Bible. Because people want you to be ashamed when you're standing for something and it don't materialize. And, and so if the devil can put shame on you, just like he does condemnation, if he can put shame on you, then you take, you stand back. 
and you don't and you stop, you quit your stand, and then you know you don't get what and then, then you say, "I knew it was a coming all along, and that's the thing right there that God wants to get to take from you so ten eleven says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Amen. So look, God will not put you to shame. If you say that God is restoring your marriage, it's, it's going to happen. It's already, but see the reason it don't happen, because you ain't saying it, because you don't believe it. See, we fight our own selves. Amen. But you have to believe that. Say it till you believe it. And if he tells you he's going to send you to a top-notch college, he's going to do it. He has a plan. And he's already worked that out. He's waiting on you to believe it. So you'll speak it and he'll, he'll be able to work on your words. Do you know when you talk negatively, the devil, because don't forget, he, he, um, what's that? He, he mimics everything that God does. So when you talk negatively, the devil works on your words that you release. And they come back at you. So you have to continually release the promises of God. That's why we do that. So God can work on your behalf. He works on the, on the word that you release. In other words, whatever you say is going to happen will happen. Because there's power in your mouth. The, the mouth has power. Your words have power. And so you have to release these words. I am healed in Jesus' name. God is working on that. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. God's working on that. But if you talk about how low and down you are, which I have to catch myself, don't be around me when I'm in a bad mood. Did you know my foot hurt? <laughs> but you have to train yourself not to do that. And say, Lord, don't let that come to pass because I know better. I'm just lazy. That's what lazy is. Amen. But if you continue to confess the word. Amen. God works. He performs on the word. He performs on that word that you release out of your mouth. So keep releasing good stuff. See, the hidden man of the heart is always telling you the right thing to say. But a lot of times we don't listen. Amen. But God looks at the heart. Amen. He doesn't look at the outer. Amen. And he's pleased with people. And you know what? It, all it takes is a willing heart. God is just looking for a willing heart. You don't have to do everything right. You don't have to do everything perfect. He's just looking for somebody. If you do something wrong, feel bad. You know, and repent. And don't go into condemnation. Because when you go into condemnation, you everywhere you turn, you think somebody's saying something or doing something. or That's for, for me. Don't go through that trip. It's a bad trip. That's what, you know, and just repent. See, when you repent, you take that pressure off of con- you, you, you depower condemnation. You, you wipe condemnation out. You say, now how you like that devil? You're doing it, you're doing it for you and you're doing it to de, what is that? Take the devil's ammunition away from, that's why you do it. And you just repent because you have a covenant with the Father. Amen. And every time you repent, he is saying, you're good. You're blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're okay with me. But see, the devil don't want you to do that. And he'll give you every reason that seems like a good reason. 
Because see, the devil knows some stuff too. He knows all about your business. And he'll say the right thing that sounds right, but you have to kick him, make him shut up. That's why that, that scripture is in there that says agree with the adversary. That's what that's for. So he can shut his mouth. Just agree with the adversary. And, and if you feel any amount of guilt or any kind of funny anything, you can always repent and kick him in the mouth. Amen. Give him a good kick in the mouth. And that's a good way to make the devil leave you alone. Amen. Hallelujah. God is looking for people with willing hearts. Uh, uh, let's go to uh, Exodus 36. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 3. And it says, and this is um, when the people started to give Moses more than enough. It says in verse 2, it says, when Moses called Bezalel and, oh boy, uh, <laughs> Aholab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, Everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service to make in the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. It says free will offerings. That's the punchline. And verse 4 says, then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary, came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. Isn't that something? When God said, you've given enough for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Amen. So that's what God's looking for. God is looking for people who are just willing to obey and do something for him from the heart. Amen. God's not expecting you to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you're capable of doing. He doesn't do that. That's his job, to do exceedingly and abundantly. Amen. But see, he is not, God is expecting you to just obey him the best way you know how. And when you fail, just tell God, talk to him. God, I messed up. I failed and I feel so bad or whatever. And he will, you know what he's going to tell you? He's going to say, it's okay. I love you anyway. But see, most people don't, don't trust God, so they're not going to say that because they don't trust God. And the other thing is they don't allow the inward man of the heart to do their thinking for them or their talking. They just follow their flesh and be mad. And that's not God. See, and the devil wants you to be mad at God. He wants you to be mad. He just want he just likes anger. Amen. He just likes that. And it would it would just blow our minds to really understand that he's mad cuz he can't get into heaven. He want to be where you are. So he know it's not going to happen, so he want to take you where he's going. 
And that's what this whole thing is about, jealousy. It's a case of jealousy. Amen. Hallelujah. So God chose David because he chose David to be the king because his heart was right. He didn't, he didn't choose David because of how David looked or his, uh, his perfect speech or his education. He was a, a shepherd. He smelled like sheep. He did work all the time. He was probably musty. And he was the only one in the family that wasn't tall in stature. So he was the short shepherd boy. But God chose him to be king. Amen. Because of his heart. Amen. Because of something that he saw on the inside. Because when he was out there with those sheep, he was probably praying in the spirit, singing. He sung songs to God, meditating on what he knew about the Lord. You know, he did something to gain God's attention. And he caused him to, he called him to be king. And that's in 1 Samuel 16. Let's go there right quick. 1 Samuel 16. We almost done. (laughs) 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn over Saul? Saul was the previous king that, you know, met to his demise. Tried to kill David and do so many. He was the people's choice, though. You know, that's what the people wanted. See, kind words and what you do, you know, the Obama phones, stuff like that. See, that impressed people. I'm just using that as an excuse. And he should do it, but stuff like that impressed people. You know, and, and a, a nice speech, that kind of thing. But it's your heart. It's the condition of your heart is what captures God's attention. Amen. And Saul was that kind of person. He was a yes man. That's why the people wanted him. And he wound up trying to murder uh, David for no reason because of jealousy. Amen. And God is not with that kind of person. But he's with a person who has a, a, a right kind of heart. Amen. So let's see. It says, how long will you mourn Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? Amen. He was in the flesh. How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what I shall do. You shall anoint me. Wait a minute. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Saul did what the Lord told him to do and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peacefully? And he said, uh, peacefully. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify. See, God told him what to say. God will tell you what to say to the devil. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord 
the Lord's anointed is before him. See, in other words, he recognized the man of God. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. Are y'all here? Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. Because I have refused, wait a minute, for I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadad and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And see, these were all of Jesse's brothers. Amen. So let's go down because he had seven. Verse 10 says, thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And see, that just goes to show you that Jesse was in the flesh because he kept pulling up all the handsome nice ones okay thank you he kept pulling up all the handsome nice ones and he kept saying no i don't want him verse 11 says and samuel said to jesse are all these men here and then he said there remains yet the youngest see he never called david out of the out of the pastor or wherever he says there remains yet the youngest and there he is keeping the sheep and samuel said to jesse send and bring him here for he will not sit down till he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes uh, and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, that's why I always say no matter what your job that you do for God, just do it to, from your heart. Because you don't know, God chooses those with a pure heart. God, pure, he chooses those who does their job with a pure heart. He is not looking at what you look like. He's not looking at, you're not doing that job because you're less than. You're doing that job because God has chosen you for that job. And God is saying that you can get that job done. Amen. Hallelujah. I've never refused any job, and I still will do any job here. Some people think they're too good to do certain things. God is not with you in that. He's not in that. That's your flesh. But when you, you know, let God know I'll do whatever it takes, you know, and mean it, then God will give you the desires of your heart. He just will. He'll give you stuff you don't ask for. He'll just do that. Amen. So God looks at the heart. So David was chosen to be king and he was the sheep person. His father didn't even call him to even be considered. Amen. Amen. God can see a heart that's turned towards him. He can see a heart of faith. Let me tell you what kind of heart God is looking for. A heart full of faith. And that's the inward man of the heart because he receives faith before you even Know that he's there. He tells you the right thing at the right time. He speaks because he works by the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he knows what you need. He knows what you need to hear. But we must learn to develop our hearts. That's your spirit. Heart is your spirit. And your faith will bring results. Your heart, when you get your heart on the right track, 
and keep it there. Because most of our hearts are right. We just need, need to learn how to keep it there and start to feed it, feed it the word of God. Amen. And there's nothing you won't know. Second Chronicles 16.9, if you write that down, it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Just wanting to show himself strong on somebody's behalf whose heart is loyal to him. Amen. So we need to be trained in our human spirit by meditating on the word of God. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm telling you, your, your inner man or your, your new man that's growing uh, stronger day by day. See, your outer man is perishing. That's another thing. That's why we should not depend on him so much because he's perishing. He's getting older, weaker, needs more care, needs more upkeep. He's decaying because it's just the house. But we put more value in him than we do the inward man that's incorruptible and that lives eternally. Amen. See, your inner man is the one that's going to talk to you when you get sick and say, you can do it. Get up. You're healed in Jesus' name. And so that's the one that you need to feed. And don't feed your flesh because nothing good comes out of it. Amen. Okay, why don't we stop? Father, we do.